0: Well, it is so good to see you this morning. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you online to our North Star family. Wherever you're tuning in from, welcome home. We're really, really glad you're here. We're all, as Cole said, coming off the high of last Sunday, seeing a lot of familiar faces from the past, seeing lots of new faces about the future. But here's the great part, man. The past has been incredible, but we believe the best is yet to come. And we believe in these next just couple years, people are not only gonna find their way home, we're gonna be sent back out to love God, love people, and live sent. And we're, we're gonna hammer it because we believe that's the call that God's put on our lives. Jesus modeled it so well. Well, you know, it's, it's Martin Luther King uh, Day tomorrow, And we wanted to do something as part of our 25 days of giving to honor some gentlemen in our church, some African-American business leaders in our church that aren't just leaders, but they're leaders who are making a difference. And here's what I would tell you about these four men. We're really sad we weren't able to do a big service where they were here because they're always here. But we, we didn't want to miss this opportunity, especially on this weekend, to honor their lives. You've seen them around campus a million times, but what you may not know, you may have seen their face, but you don't know their heart. These guys aren't people that I've met. These are people I would call friends. These are people that I've had lunch or breakfast or both with all of them. As you can tell, you don't get a physique like this if you haven't done that a lot. And so these are people I've broken bread with because I call them friends and they're people that are making a difference. So this week, we're gonna be honoring them. And we wanna say, way to go because they are making a difference in our world, in our culture. First is Brandon Wood. Brandon, you've seen around campus. He's probably one of the largest people we have here. Um, i He is a Georgia fan who makes me almost cheer for Georgia because I'm scared of him because he could power press me at any moment. Brandon played for Coach Rick while he was at Georgia. What I love about Brandon is, not only is he a business leader in our community, he runs a football camp in his hometown over in West Georgia every summer. It's the Brandon Wood Prospect Camp. In fact, Coach Rick was there last summer speaking for him. And Brandon is making a difference in high school, middle school, and elementary kids' lives. This guy is a difference maker. Not only does he serve at North Star, he's here every Sunday serving. But man, this guy's making a difference in people's lives. He's taken the love of God in his life. And man, he's showing it outwardly through his football camps that he does in the summer to give kids that opportunity. The second guy is Emmanuel Glaze. Emmanuel is here in our community and is a great friend. He's at all our lunch with the leaders. And Emmanuel does a business on the side. He's a talk show host. But Emmanuel runs a, a group called Optimize the Vision where he takes kids who may not have the same opportunities every other kid has. And he exposes them to NASCAR, the Atlanta Hawks front office, the Atlanta Falcons, the Atlanta Braves, businesses, kids that, that may not ever know that even exists. And he partnered, what I love about it, what Emmanuel does, he partners with schools to give kids opportunities. And so he raises funds, as 501c3, he raises funds to help these kids get a future they may not know they had. The third guy is Jack Stewart. Jack is a great friend. If your children have been in our elementary ministry here at North Star for any length of time, you've seen Jack and his wife upstairs most Sundays serving. I always pass him in the hall on his way up to serve. Guy's been serving here for years, but he and his daughter opened a business, Frosty Frozen, where they're learning entrepreneurship and they're learning. Uh, how to give back to a community, how to serve a community. And Jack, I, I think the word that I always think of with Jack, Jack is a servant. He is a servant who's making a difference. And he is a guy that I love to see coming, not just see going. He is a special, special friend. And finally, is Sterling Brown Sterling runs the nine two five program at Kennesaw State University he works for Kennesaw State University in their character ed development, but in the evenings he runs nine two five and that is a a place where athletes may show up to play a sport, but they leave with a bigger mission and they leave with a bigger heart and they leave with a faith they may not have had when they got to Kennesaw State. And Sterling is one of the greatest leaders I know among college athletes. And the guy is making a difference right here in our community. And you know what I love about it? It's on Sundays and at lunch with the leader. These are the faces I see in the crowd. And they are living out the dream that Martin Luther King spoke about all those years ago. And so if you were here, I would ask you to give them a big round of applause. But from wherever you are this morning, when you see them next weekend at North Star, give them a big old high five and let them know how proud you are of them. Because we are honored to honor them during our 25 days of giving and help them be the best that they can be. Well, today we're going to continue, as Cole said, our series called 25, as we are taking this mission of North Star and looking at the role we all play in it. So if you got your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to Mark chapter five. Uh, Probably the easiest way for you to follow along is on the app. I know our online host team will be posting information as well. But I want you to have it in front of you because this is one of those stories from Scripture that's so power-packed. We could stop at almost any moment and just camp out, unpack it, explain it. You know what? I, you know why I, I say that? I say that because this is a living, sent mission of Jesus. So if you were to have paused Jesus anywhere on his journey and you would have said, Jesus, why did you come? He, he told us, he said, I came to seek and to save those that were lost. You find in this story a person nobody wanted to mess with, nobody wanted to touch, but yet he experienced the power of Jesus and it changed everything. Before we dive in this point, would you just take a moment Kids may be running around, they may be doing stuff, but I want you to just pause and ask the Lord to speak to you today, would you? She'll give you a second. Father, today we're not reading a book of stories. God, we are reading an actual encounter that the Son of God had while he walked this earth. And Father, you left this picture for us so we could take it and go, well, if that happened then, then that may be the template for what he wants now. So God, I pray for all the people from all the places that are tuning in this morning. God, I pray that more than hearing my voice, Father, they would hear your voice and they would hear the sandals, feet of Jesus echoing across these verses as we read them today. And Father, when we get done here in a few minutes, we won't go, wow, that was nice. We will go, wow, I've got to do something because your word never leaves us on center. It always pushes us to be the people we were created to be. So speak to us, Holy Spirit, and walk with us today. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Mark chapter five, verse one, dive in with me, would you? So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. So they had been on a mission. Jesus had just calmed a storm that they were all terrified of. Jesus calms the storm, verse two. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, A man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. So the tombs were an area, it was basically a graveyard where this guy was living. He's possessed. We see in the scripture that he's possessed by an evil spirit. And we'll find out there's more than just one that's possessed in this guy. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained even with a chain. So literally it was the picture of they tried to chain metal this guy up. And they can't contain him. He's too, he's too much. They don't know what to do with him. Whenever he was putting chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist. He smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. So they just let him roam. He just roamed that area. And he was always, you'll find, always restless. Whenever there is a spirit of bondage or there is a spirit of um, demonic activity, or even a spirit of sin, there's always restlessness. And And you find it with this guy. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling, cutting himself with sharp stones. Literally, it was the picture of misery. He was miserable. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, he ran to meet him, And he bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion. So we'll pause there real quick. Legion was the term used for troops right it typically represented troops of 5000 so there's a picture that this guy he's a mess right i mean he is he's got all kinds of stuff going on within him because there's so many of us inside this man Then the evil spirits begged him again and not to send him to some in a distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Send us into those pigs, let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. And the evil spirits came out of the man, they entered the pigs and the entire herd of 2,000 pigs plunged down a steep hillside into the lake and they drowned in the water. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. So, it is not every day 2,000 pigs go, you know, cave jumping and jumping off uh, mountains, right? I mean, this just doesn't happen all the time. And they're all running going, dude, you gotta gotta see what happened. And and of course, it doesn't take a lot to gather a crowd. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus. They saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. Get this. He was sitting there fully clothed, perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. It's interesting as I was reading on this, the commentators noted that people were as scared of the sane man as they were of the demonic man because they couldn't, there was no answer for why this guy was Sitting and right, he's not restless anymore, he's at peace. Then, those who had seen what had happened told the others about the demon possessed man and the pigs, and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. Really interesting. Jesus was getting in the boat, and the man who had been demon possessed begged to go with him. This is interesting. Jesus said, No, I want you to go home to your family tell him everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he's been. So the man started off to visit the 10 towns of that region and he began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him and everyone was amazed at what he had told him. Now, here's here's the interesting part of this story. The interesting part of this story isn't just what happened to the guy. The interesting part of the story is really the principles we take out of what happened to the guy. Because here's the deal. For all of us, we are in bondage, right? We have been in sin. So we all are shackled to something. But we learned some great lessons. Ready? Lesson number one, when Jesus enters my life, people should notice a difference. When Jesus enters my life, people should notice a difference. There was no class this guy attended. There was no, and I called it the other week, spiritual car wash he got to go through to get cleaned up and, and armor alled up. There was no reading from the synagogue. No, what happened to this guy? And I want you to write this in your notes. He met Jesus. And when you meet Jesus, you look different. Well, Mike, I'm not a demoniac. I'm not ripping my clothes. I'm not cutting myself. I'm not. But when you live in darkness and you meet the light, light is never overtaken by darkness. That's why we will stand out if we walk with Jesus. When Jesus enters my life, people should notice difference I remember all my years in student ministry and I said this to all my kids that are still watching now they're in their 40s but I used to say this all the time if on your high school campus people don't know there's something different about you I would be asking myself why and that was in the 1990s circle up to 2022 you walk for Jesus let me tell you something You look different. You love different. You serve different. Your values are different. Your choices are different. Your language is different. Not because you're doing it to please him, to make him like you. No, that's the grace part. It's got you covered there. You're doing it because of what he's beginning to do in your heart. When Jesus enters our life, people should notice a difference, They shouldn't have to just see our magnet, which I hope they're all on your car, but they shouldn't have to see that. They should see a changed life. A crowd soon gathered, and they saw the man who had been possessed, and he was sitting there fully clothed, which he hadn't been before, and perfectly sane. And the interesting part was he was sitting. He was at peace. Powerful, powerful. And when you meet Jesus and he changes you, he gives you a mission bigger than you. Did you know that? He gives you an assignment that's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. And it's an assignment that I'm gonna spend the rest of my life living out. Here's the assignment. Number two, my mission to reach others begins with those I already know. My mission to reach others begins with those I already know. There is a lot of answers Jesus could have said to this guy. He could have said, yep, join up. Listen, he'd already gathered up 12. He could have added a 13. There's nothing magic about 12. But he sent him home. Look at what he said. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family. So I want you to draw a circle, ready? On your paper, in your notes, on the app. You could just write circle. You may not be able to draw it on the app. But that circle represents your influence. It's where you work, where you live, and as Cole said, where you play. That is the circle, and we all have our circles where our kids go to school, our neighborhood that we live in, the office that I go to every day, the hobby, maybe you go to the gym or you go hiking or you go sailing or you go biking, there's a, there's a circle, there's lots of circles, right? Take Jesus to that circle. You aren't going to win the community to Christ by yourself. But if we all go to our circles we can change our community because nobody can be light in that world. Look at me, like you can. You can invite me, you can invite Cole, you can invite Casey, you can invite Daniel, you can invite Steve, you can invite Sellers, you can invite Chris, and we would all go help you. But you matter more in that story than we do. Go to your circle I think our mind always goes, well, I'm gonna go to the ends of the earth, which is part of it. But begin in your circle. We want to see the spiritual temperature of Ackworth, Kennesaw, and Northwest Atlanta changed for Jesus by us taking Jesus to our circles and being a light. Love, look, and serve Like Jesus. We talked about it the other week, that salt principle. See, accept, love, and touch like Christ. If you do that, people can't help but notice. They can't. Our mission to help people find their way home happens when we love God with all we've got, when we love people genuinely because God loves people and when we live with a mission that's bigger than us. Here's what I love about this. That is a mission, no matter what your title is, that we all equally own. I own no more of it than you do. You may wear a different uniform for your profession all week, but we all have the same mission, and that's to reach others that I already know. Why? Because I believe that heaven is a real place. I do. I don't believe that we go into some purgatory where we're sitting for 40 years where something else decides our fate. I believe we go one of two places when this life ends. We go to be with Jesus if we know him and we've accepted him, or we go to be separated from him. Those are the two spots. And if I believe that to be true, then this mission matters. It is an eternal mission that I've been sent on and you've been sent on. And as someone who's been changed by Jesus, number three, we all have a story worth telling. We all have a story worth telling. You've got a story and it's worth telling. You've got something that God's done for you That's worth telling somebody about. I love this guy. Listen, tell them everything the Lord has done for you. How merciful he's been. So the man took off. You know what Jesus was telling this guy? Your story matters. Your story matters. Why? Because your story is part of a redemptive, bigger story. Your story matters. So I got a question tonight. Today, as we look in and we watch, who knows your story? I'm telling you, nothing is more powerful in your circle than your story because it's real. And it's something people can touch. Well, Mike, I, I don't even know what to tell somebody. You tell them what this guy did. Here's what Jesus did for me. I was lost, and now I'm found. I was bound up, but now I'm free. Now I've got a call bigger than this life to work on. i got a reason to get out of bed tomorrow morning. i got a reason to put my shoes on. I got a reason to roll out early in the morning with my antenna up, looking for somebody that needs the love of Jesus. I remember the coach that I played for, I've talked to him about him so many times here at North Star, Al Worthington. I never walked in a restaurant. I never walked on a ball field. He did not ask at least one person this question. Has anybody loved you enough today To tell you that there's a God out there that loves you. I heard that a thousand times during my three years with Coach Worthington. And I don't know how many times I heard Coach, nobody really ever has. Just the other day I was on a call with two gentlemen that were longtime college baseball coaches. And they were telling me their background. They were adversaries. They were rivals. But one guy who knew Jesus had a mission to reach another guy who didn't know Jesus. And he used every encounter he had to build a friendship and to tell him about a God that loved him. And I got to watch this other guy, years after they've coached against each other, bow his head on a Zoom phone call. Just a couple weeks ago and asked the Jesus of this other coach into his life. Why? Because this guy put on a baseball uniform, legendary college baseball coach, but he lived sin. Well, if he can do it, why can't we? Can you imagine not just building a lifelong friendship with somebody? but when they come to know Christ, you build an eternal friendship with them. I'm not asking you to do this. God is. I'm just telling you what he said. And I'm telling you how we all ended up here. Let's live, sin, and take our circles and take Jesus to our circles. The next 25 years, in five years, we can accomplish what it took us 25 to accomplish before. Would you pray with me? Maybe you tuned in this morning and you say, Mike, man, I know Jesus, but uh, I can't say I'm living sin. Man, the Holy Spirit's convicted me. And I want him to know he can have my story. Would you tell him that? Would you? Would you tell him? Maybe today the Lord's tapped you on the heart and on the shoulder and you recognize you don't know him. You're one of the ones, you tuned in today because a friend told you about it, a friend mentioned it to you. Today you say, Mike, I wanna meet Jesus. Could I I lead you in a prayer to meet him? Could I? It goes like this, dear Lord Jesus. Would you pray that with me? I need you. My life is empty. My life has no hope. And I'm chained to sin. Would you pray that? Jesus, would you unbound me tonight, today, this day? And would you come in my heart to be my personal Lord and Savior today? Jesus, I want you. Welcome home, friend. Welcome home. Father, we've got a mission that one of us can't accomplish, but all of us can by ourselves. We can do it. We can make a mark. But when we lock arms with each other, we can make a difference. We can change a community. Circle, circle, by circle. God, may it begin today as we live sent together. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.